Update at noon, midday to 1 p.m. Now, the Limpopo Health Department says that 104 travellers have tested positive for the coronavirus at the Baybridge border post between South Africa and Zimbabwe in the past four days. And this comes as scores of Zimbabweans, including those who were considered to be economic migrants, uh, make their way back to South Africa following the festive season holidays. And uh, to further discuss this, we join on the line now by Limpopo Health MEC, Dr. Popi Ramatuba. Dr. Ramatuba, Thanks for your time. Welcome to Update at Noon. Uh, Afternoon, Sakina, and afternoon to all your listeners, and, and thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. Indeed, MEC. And let's just start by establishing uh, the facts uh, with regard to this particular case. So 104 people tested positive. Can you just give us context uh, with this, as it says, uh, over the past four days or so? How was it detected? Uh, Please just explain to us. Yeah, actually what we should indicate is that the number has now increased to, because yesterday we counted by the closure of business, we had 27 more cases. Uh, by the time we released the stats, we only had 104. So uh, basically now we are having 131 cases that have tested a positive uh, at, the, at the border post. What, what happened is that a South African government, because we've said, those who are entering must produce this less than 72-hour uh, negative result of COVID-19. So people are coming with, uh, you remember last week, they were bringing fake results. So those who argue will retest them. But if you are coming with fake results, we, de- we will uh, make sure immigration stamp decline and you go back. But those that we retested, some of them would have been as a result of you have been sitting, waiting uh, for more than, a, a, a 72 hours with your results. Now the results have expired. We are forced to retest you. The test results came out positive. Also, those who come without results, uh, for whatever reason, at South African side, we have been testing them and they have been coming up positive. So what we are trying to say here is to say, there are people who are coming from Zimbabwe. The fact that Zimbabwe's a case at a positivity rate was very low, we, we don't know about that, but what we know is that uh, up to now, in just the past five, four days, we have got a total of 131 people who tested positive. And what is of our frustration and our main concern is that these people have been together mixing with a, a whole lot of groups. There were more than 1,000 of people in, in a congested environment for more than 48 hours at some stage. Now, when you look at all the video and the pictures that's circulating on the social media, and also when I was interacting with our staff at the Portal Health, it's very clear there was no social distance because it was impossible to practice it. People were not even wearing the mask. So all those people who were there have been exposed to the virus. And the fact of the matter is that the possibility of them being positive is very high. Even those that are testing negative, when we are testing them now as they are crossing, the chances are they've been exposed to the virus, but because of the incubation period, they are going to give you a false negative result. It's only probably after four days or five days that they will start showing up. So hence our call to say to all of them who have passed through that border post, before you could start interacting with other people, wherever your destiny is. Make sure you quarantine yourself 
for those five to seven days and observe yourself. If you don't have any symptoms, it's fine. If you show any symptoms, go to your nearest clinic in the country so that we can test you. And we're also making a call to the employer to say, I, if, if you have got a domestic worker who's coming from Zimbabwe, because that's a reality, if got if got a gardener coming from Zimbabwe or any hairdresser or anyone, it's not an issue of discriminating or being xenophobic. It's what we did to our repatriates when they came back from Wuhan. Even if they tested negative, we still quarantine them as South Africans. So if you are having such a person because they've been exposed to an area which with a high positivity rate, we are asking you to say, please ask them to quarantine for those days so that they can protect you and the entire family or the colleagues at work. And I guess this is what many people are questioning now in terms of what are the discussions at a higher level, MEC Ramatuba, because people have already come through. You know, if if the appeal is being made now, people may have already gone back into their workspaces after passing through uh, the border post. So uh, what sort of discussions are you having at a higher level with regard to this? But, Sakina, if you remember, we as a province, we've always been saying, including even our mine workers, that anyone who will be coming back to work, make sure you quarantine that person before they interact. We raised this as a general statement before we could even come to be specific to this particular uh, 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 border post, because at that time we did not have uh, the facts of those results. Yes, at a higher level, we would, at provincial level, uh, make a submission of all and reports because we are continuously reporting to them on some of the challenges that we are facing. For instance, this morning, we, we are still observing, we were told that uh, there will be a 30-day hard lockdown on the other side and the border post will be closed. But truly speaking, private vehicles and buses from Zim to South Africa, they are allowed to pass and they are coming through. So that means that they had lockdown. It's only for South Africans who want to go to Zimbabwe. But for the Zimbabweans who are coming to South Africans, the Zimbabwean government is allowing them to come through. That's the frustration we are coming across. And as a province, we're not going to be diplomatic about it. We've got to say they are coming through, and we cannot stop them because we have not closed our borders as South Africans. Maybe only when South Africa would close its border, that's when we'll be empowered who can say you, you will uh, be returning them. So it is uh, quite a frustration uh, for us. We need uh, to be telling the truth. Just again, uh, not so long, uh, an hour ago, I was discussing with them. They were reporting to me now that the, our staff, our team at the port house, two patients came, severe respiratory distress, and they had the false negative results, but they are very sick. You, what do you do? Do, we, do you decline and send them to die on the way? You can't do that. We have to call our ambulances. We are a department of health. When someone is in need of health, we don't ask whether your papers are correct or not. We've got to rush them. They were rushed now. They are admitted in Musina Hospital. We must continue as, as the, the government of South Africa to provide this particular health care. Those are frustrations because our resources already, because of fighting, fighting this pandemic, they are depleted. But now if you are also forced to fight a pandemic of those that you did not plan to fight for, it becomes much more of a, of a challenge.
if truth is to be told. It certainly certainly sounds that way, MEC. But with regard to the 131 patients that you have identified who tested positive, what is being done? What has happened to them? They have been returned back, as, as I've indicated. Immediately when we detect back from the, the testing team, they, the port health uh, team takes the, the passport to the to the uh, uh, immigration, they, they stamp decline, then they deport you. But the fact of the matter is that as soon as they are deported, those who are asymptomatic, they are getting into the river and crossing back and coming back in illegal routes to the country. So hence we are saying, from a public health perspective, we can only advise those of our, our people to say, the way you can protect yourself is to make sure that anyone who's coming back to work irrespective of where they were. Make sure they are quarantined before you come into contact with them. Because you don't know. They will come being asymptomatic and they will tell you, I'm negative. You can't see that they are positive using your naked eyes. You can only use laboratory test results and they will not be honest with that. But if they quarantine, you know after seven days, they are no longer highly infectious. They will no longer be spreading the virus. If they had that virus, the body, it means their immune system is strong enough to have cleared it. That's the least we can do from where we are. We, we are just saying our hands are tied. And uh, perhaps just a final question, MEC. Uh, how is your department coping uh, overall in uh, dealing with the second wave, especially uh, with the problems that you've just outlined, the challenges that arise uh, from the port of entry through the province, but also just overall, because in other provinces, we're looking at um, shortages of beds and that sort of situation. So how are you coping in Limpopo? Yes, Sakina, indeed, uh, this current resurgence, it's hitting us harder than the first one. Our numbers are increasing for the first time. We are moving every day. Yesterday we were at 1.5 new cases. Today we have registered more than 1.6 new cases in the past 24 hours. So that tells you that indeed the, the challenge. We are really starting to, to feel the pressure of our festive season. Not only the border post, we are also mainly uh, uh, dealing with the issues of our Christmas lunches, our weddings that we had over the festive season, social gatherings that were there, the family meetings, family gatherings, we are feeling it uh, currently at the moment. But in terms of our readiness, all our public hospitals, uh, because right now what we are doing as the Department of Health, the focus is on the medical care. We have done our public health move through the roadblocks, We've visited malls, we've made all the appeal for people to, to comply. People have not complied. People are currently sick. So our focus currently is to make sure all our executive and ourselves, we deploy each other to all our hospitals on a daily basis to check if the beds, the oxygen, and the staff is available. What we can reassure is that our facilities, all of them, that we still have enough beds. The bed capacity has not yet reached even 50%. We are still safe uh, currently. Our ventilators are still available and high-flow oxygen, we are still there. In terms of the staff, we have also uh, appointed uh, and, and we are also busy with the appointing of nurses. We've done with the doctors, medical officers. This week we are busy with the uh, nurses who can come and assist for COVID-19. We are also looking at other staff, for instance, because even our cleaners, some of them, we have lost them. 
some uh, are sick uh, for COVID. We are also going to be appointing temporary staff for cleaning services and for porter services that will be dealing mainly with, with COVID-19. But I must also indicate that we are seeing a lot of pressure in the public, uh, in the private uh, hospitals, because we, we, we cannot say we are a department of, of public health. We are a department of health, and we have regular meetings with all our three big hospitals, a private hospital on a regular basis. So the reports that we get is that they are now overflowing because seemingly currently when I'm, I'm looking at analyzing even the positivity rate, this virus is currently attacking the middle to upper uh, class. Those who can afford, those who are on medical aid, they are the ones currently without beds. And it is as a result of the nature of this virus. It's the, we are the ones who transmit the virus. We're the ones who are in restaurants, who are having Christmas parties and Christmas lunches and birthday parties. It, it has not yet started to hit hard on the very rural and the poorest. Hence, now we are fighting the issues of wedding or of funerals to say if we don't cap our funerals and people are not strict with the regulations, you will start to see it now moving into the very same rural of uh, poor and the most poorest. So currently... Our pressure is on the private hospitals. Uh, for instance, Medcap also, our team was also there to work with them. We are, we are, we are really proud and, and to, to announce that together with, the, with our team, they've already agreed to have extra field beds for the private patients. The reason why am I saying this is because, you see, our public uh, facilities, like in a, even under normal circumstances without COVID, they are already overburdened. We deal with 80% of the population. So the, the, in Limpopo, we're dealing with 91% of the population because it's only 9% that has, has got medical uh, insurance. So what we're saying is that if we don't uh, beef up our private facility, you're going to have the very same patients who are uh, having their private uh, health insurance uh, filling up our public space. And the time when the surge starts to hit hard on the poor patients, poor patients will not have an option because their only option is the public hospitals. So hence, this collaboration of also supporting the private facilities in terms of accredit, uh, because we know most of them would have licensed for 200 beds. So we're saying to them, because of the pandemic, we can still license you for more uh, 100 beds. And that work, we've seen it happening in Netcapuluso, we are also going to see it happening in the other two medi clinics. So if we do that, we will be able to be uh, in, uh, on top of our game and be able to, to fight this pandemic. But truly speaking, it's currently hitting hard on our private facilities. We have seen their death rate has gone very high and their bed uh, occupancy is full to capacity. Dr. Ramatua, thank you so much for that update. Limpopo Health MEC Dr. Popi Ramatua speaking to us from Pulukwane in Limpopo.